Would you turn to Matthew chapter 15? We begin reading at verse 21 and read through verse 28. Matthew 15, beginning at verse 21. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord. Son of David, my daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word, and his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for who you are and for all that you have done for us. We thank you for your great mercy, your great power, your great grace that you pour out upon us. And Father, I pray that you would enable us today to trust you, to place our lives, our needs, Lord, in your hands. You are able to do even beyond what we would ask or imagine according to the power of the resurrection, the power of Jesus that works within us. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Do you think that a pastor should be a man of great faith? I suppose you would all say that, right? Uh, I must confess to you that there are times in my life where I have not been a man of great faith. Has that ever been your experience? (laughs) I remember when I was serving a couple of home mission congregations, and one of them we were meeting in a funeral home. Now, you can imagine all the jokes, right? That that was been a dead service, you know, and, uh, and so forth. It was a very small room, and we had probably... I think 20 people coming to church, kind of like meeting in a living room, kind of fun, you know, just kind of an intimate setting there. And one day after church, a man from the congregation said, I want to show you our new church. I said, okay. So we drove in the car just about a mile from where we were meeting, and there was this beautiful brick uh, farm credit services building. And I was saying to myself, okay, how are we going to pay for this? It's not even for sale. Well, he knew it was coming up for sale. And he had much greater faith than I did because I thought, well, that's a nice dream. (laughs) That's a nice thought. Sure enough, just a few months later, 
We met in that building. We were having worship in that building. Beautiful brick building. It had uh, offices all around this gathering area. Sunday school rooms. We didn't have enough kids to put in those Sunday school rooms. And uh, the worship area was much bigger than we needed. But that man taught me something about faith. I was just like doubting. Oh, me of, of little faith. And here was a guy that said, Pastor, this is going to be our next church. And sure enough, it was. When Jesus spoke of the faith of his disciples, he didn't describe their faith in the most glowing terms. Let's just uh, put it that way. Uh, many times he, he said to them, Oh, you of little faith. On one occasion he said, You have no faith. And often he asked the question, Where, where is your faith? Where is your faith? So in spite of all the miracles that these disciples had seen, they still had a little bit to learn about faith, didn't they? You still need to learn a little bit about faith? <laughs> a little bit about trusting in Jesus? Oh, there are times when we are filled with doubt. We need to look to Jesus, right? And we do that this morning in this great passage of Scripture. What a contrast between the disciples, oh men of little faith, and this woman that we see in our text. Here was a Canaanite woman, quite interesting, uh, probably one who didn't have great knowledge of the true and living God like the disciples had. She didn't seem to get much encouragement either as she came to Jesus with her need. And yet, what does Jesus say to her? Verse 28, then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done to you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. So why did Jesus say this? Why did he describe her faith as a great faith? I think there's several things to notice here. Notice, first of all, a great faith comes quickly to Jesus. Jesus left the land of Israel and he entered the, the Gentile region of Tyre and Sidon. So here comes this Canaanite woman from that region and she begins to cry out, Have mercy on me, Lord. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. If you look at Mark's account of this event, you will notice something interesting about the time in which this woman approached Jesus. Mark tells us that Jesus had entered a house and he didn't want anyone to know that he was there, but word got out that Jesus was in town. And Mark 7, verse 25 says about this woman, But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Notice that word, immediately. As soon as she heard that Jesus was there, the first opportunity she had, she came to Jesus. Quickly came to Jesus. Now let's ask ourselves the question, do we quickly bring our need to Jesus? Is the first thing that we think of when we are faced with a problem, a trial, a trouble, is that I need to bring this to Jesus? <laughs> I hope so. But I'll tell you what, it's not always that way, right? This is a lesson that we 
that we need to learn because we have a tendency sometimes to wait. Maybe we think that we can handle that problem on our own. Ever had that idea? Oh, this, I can handle this. This ain't no big deal. It's not that big of a problem. But when we fail to come quickly to Jesus, we start carrying burdens that I don't think He intends for us to carry. And life then becomes a whole lot more challenging. When we are carrying needs and burdens that we ought to be laying at the feet of Jesus. Some of you, I would say, is uh, your favorite hymn might be What a Friend We Have in Jesus. That was one of the most popular ones when we had senior citizens Bible study in the church I came from. What a friend we have in Jesus. And we know that hymn so well, don't we? We know the words so well. And yet there's a phrase in that hymn that says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So are we forfeiting peace today? Are we needlessly bearing pain that, that, that God wants us to bring to Him? We need to bring it to Jesus quickly. When the need arises, Lord, You're my help. You're my hope. I can't handle this myself. Lord Jesus, I bring it to You quickly. Don't wait. Something burdening you. Bring it today. Bring it right now. You can do it right during the sermon. Bring it right now. You don't have to pray it out loud, but say, Lord, here's my burden today. I just want to lay it at your feet. Now, this is the second thing about this woman's faith. A great faith comes not just quickly to Jesus, but desperately to Jesus. When you think of what this woman was facing, it must have been a horrible thing. In verse 22, she describes her daughter as being cruelly demon-possessed. It's no wonder. She not only came quickly, but she, be, she came desperately to Jesus. Mark says in his account that she kept asking Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter. Matthew says that she began to cry out, Have mercy on me, Lord. And the tense of that verb, cry out, Pictures continuous action in her desperation. She kept asking Jesus, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, help me. Can't you just hear this woman's desperation as she comes to Jesus? Ever cried out to Jesus like that? Do you know what it means to be desperate for Jesus? When your need is great. And you realize that He is the only one who can meet your need. You come to the place where you aren't ashamed to admit you need Jesus. You need Him desperately. I think of Bartimaeus. Remember the blind beggar? Mark chapter 10. City of Jericho. And, and Jesus was leaving the city. There was a large crowd there. And there was this blind beggar, Bartimaeus, sitting by the road. And he hears that Jesus is coming by. And he begins to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And guess what the crowd does? Tells them to shut up. Maybe not the exact words, but many were sternly telling him to be quiet. 
You know what he did? He just raised his voice, kept shouting all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. He was not ashamed to admit he needed Jesus. And no one was going to stop him from crying out to Jesus. This is part of the problem with many people when it comes to the greatest need in their life. They aren't desperate for Jesus to save them. They haven't come to the place where they realize how helpless they are and how dependent they are upon Him, especially when it comes to salvation. Have you come to that place in your life? Do you realize how much you need a Savior? How much you need Jesus? And you are not ashamed to admit, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. The mother in our text had come to the place of desperation. And she wasn't ashamed to admit it. As she cried out to Jesus. Notice thirdly, a great faith comes persistently to Jesus. If you look at the response that she got when she brought her need to the Lord, you see how persistent she was. Because it appears as if at least at first, that her request was being denied, right? Verse 23, after she made her need known, it says that Jesus did not answer her a word. And His disciples came and implored Him, saying, Send her away! She keeps shouting at us! She's bugging us! She's irritating us! So at first, Jesus is silent The disciples are telling Jesus to send her away. And then when Jesus answered her, notice what he said. Verse 24, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, if you had been that woman and you had brought your need and Jesus didn't respond, then when he finally did, he says, I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. And you had the disciples saying, send her away. She's bugging us. What would you have done? I think some people would have just walked away and said, well, I guess nothing's going to change in the life of my daughter or my life today, so I'll just go on my way. That didn't stop her at all. Verse 25, But she came and began to bow down before Him, saying, Lord, help me. And what was Jesus' response? He says, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, by this time, Many people would have certainly given up, but not this woman. Verse 27, she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Would you say that this woman was persistent? She is a tremendous example of a persistent woman coming to Jesus with a desperate need. So why was she so persistent? Well, one obvious reason is she deeply loved her daughter. You who are parents, when your children are in need, you are going to do just about everything to meet that need, right? Because you love them. And here's this woman. She's she's, uh, bringing this precious daughter's need to, to Jesus. 
And the second reason she is so persistent is because Jesus really hadn't said no to her request. This is where it's helpful to compare Mark's account. When Jesus spoke of taking the children's bread and giving it to the dogs, he said, let the children be satisfied first. What does that mean? Is that a no? That's not a no, is it? Let the children be satisfied first. So Jesus really hadn't said no to her request. And until Jesus said no, she was going to continue to bring her need, right? She was persistent. The Scriptures make it clear, don't they, in many places to be persistent in prayer, right? What did Jesus say? Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. And all three of those words, ask, seek, and knock, are written in the present tense, meaning keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Luke 18.1, Jesus says, or Luke says, now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. We're encouraged, aren't we, to be persistent. Now, we need to be praying within the will of God, of course, right? Praying that it's some, for something that is consistent with His will. That's important. But too often we pray, maybe one or two times and nothing happens, and we say, well, I guess that didn't do any good. I've heard people tell me, I prayed and it didn't do any good. We keep praying, right? I know someone who prayed for her husband's salvation for 19 years. She went to church without him, and occasionally he would come. 19 years of prayer, and that man got gloriously saved. Wow, his life was transformed in a wonderful way. Was she asking in the will of God? Absolutely. She kept praying. Persistently. Reminds me of this woman here. She just kept coming to Jesus, persistent in her prayer. The final thing we notice is that a great faith comes confidently to Jesus. It's interesting, there are only two times in the New Testament where Jesus speaks of someone having great faith. One of them is here. The other one we read from Matthew chapter 8 This Roman soldier, this Roman centurion, and in both cases, we see how confident these people were in the power of Jesus to meet their need. Remember what the centurion said? Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal your servant. And and the centurion said, Lord, you don't need to come. I'm not worthy that you would come to my home, but just say the word. You don't have to be there, just say the word and my servant will be healed. And then Jesus said of this man, at verse 10 of Matthew 8, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following him, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And isn't it interesting, the two times that Jesus spoke of someone having great faith, it was not a Jew. It was not in Israel. It was Gentiles. (laughs) I think that's fascinating, isn't it? Now, the reason why Jesus described 
the centurion's faith is great faith is because Jesus, or he told Jesus, just, just say the word. And he explained it this way. He said in verse 9 of Matthew uh, 8, For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go. What happens? He goes. I say to this one, come. And he comes. And I say to my slave, do this. And he does it. Richard Lenski makes this comment. He says, If even a man under authority in service to the king and thus with soldiers under him is able to have his mere command executed at will, how much more will Jesus, in whom all authority resides, who has all powers and agencies at his command, be able to execute his will. See what he's saying? If a centurion can do that, and he has limited power, what about Jesus? All power, his word, (laughs) say the word, and it will be done. We see the same confidence in the life of this Canaanite woman. When Jesus said it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, she said, yes, Lord, and I love this, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Our dog did that. Just a vacuum cleaner. You know, when the, especially when the grandkids were over. You know how they eat? Yeah, you know how they eat. Food's flying everywhere. You know, some of it gets some in, some gets on their mouth. Some falls back on the table, and most of it on the floor. Oh, the dog! When something was falling, oh, the dog was right there eating the crumbs. Our dog was so naughty that even if one of the grandchildren had a cracker in their hand and happened to put it down, she would grab it right out of their hand. Naughty dog. And then they'd cry, of course, you know, the dog took my, my cracker. Well, what is this woman saying here? Even a crumb from the master's table. Is she saying that in spite of her great need, in spite of what appeared to be significant obstacles in her way, she believed that Jesus could do something about her problem. Just a little crumb was enough. That says something about what she believed in Jesus, right? Just give me a little crumb of your power, and that will be sufficient. Well, of course it would be. If he has all power in heaven and earth, just give me a little bit. That's all I need, Jesus. That's all I need. And Jesus said, Oh, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her her daughter was healed at once. Now, before we conclude this morning, there's, there's something we need to understand about faith so we don't get the wrong impression here. Jesus met the need of this woman not because, at least completely, that her faith was great. It isn't the amount of our faith that is essential as if only those whose faith is great 
will receive God's promises. It is the object of our faith that is essential. In other words, the one in whom I put my trust must be able to do something about my need. A great faith in the wrong object secures nothing, right? And there are people who have great faith in the wrong thing. Sincerely wrong. Putting their faith in someone or something that can not meet their need. The object of our faith is essential. So the Canaanite woman's faith resulted in deliverance of her daughter because it was faith in the right person. Faith in Jesus. No one else could do what Jesus did. Now, I don't know how much faith you think you have. Maybe you would say, you know, I have very little faith. My, my faith is so weak. And maybe you feel like the man in Mark chapter 9, who was in the same situation as this woman in our text. He had a son who was demon-possessed. And remember what he said to Jesus, Mark 9.24, he says, I believe, help my unbelief. Ever been there before? Lord, I, I believe, but man, I, I'm doubting. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. What did Jesus say to him? Well, if you expect to, your, your son to be healed, you've got to have more faith than that, right? There are those who have that kind of theology today. If you don't get the answer to your prayer, there's obviously something wrong with your faith. You've heard that before, right? Jesus didn't tell him, well, just work on it. You know, see if you can, you know, muster up some, just dig down deep within you and muster up more faith, huh? He didn't say that at all. Mark 9, Mark 9.25, when Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you. Come out of him and do not enter him again. So he didn't. <laughs> he said, I, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. But his faith was in the right object, right? His faith was in Jesus. So how much faith do you need? Maybe that's a good question to ask as we conclude. If your faith drives you to Jesus... If you come to Jesus because you know that He is the only one who can help you, that's all the faith we need, right? It's the object of our faith. It is Jesus. So come to Jesus today, right? Come quickly. Recognizing your need. Recognizing that He's the only one that can really, really help you. Come persistently, right? Come confidently. That He is who He claimed to be. And He is able to save you, to forgive you, to cleanse you, to give you eternal life, to walk with you daily as you face the battles of life. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's true. Come to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank You that all power and authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. 
And we come to you this morning, Lord, because we need you. We need your forgiveness. We need your salvation. We need your Holy Spirit to dwell within us. We need your help, Lord, day by day. Uh, There are times when we cry out, Lord, help me, help me. Thank you that you are able and willing to forgive and to cleanse and to save us and to guide us as we journey through life. Lord, help us to come to you today in simple trust like a child. In your precious name we pray. Amen.